My fingernails dug into the soggy dirt as my body lurched closer to the sheer cliff face. I desperately jabbed deeper into the ground for traction. It didn't work. I kicked frantically into a boulder on my right, trying to slow my momentum. The trail was disappearing in front of me, fast. Two more feet and I would launch over a ledge, straight down the side of the rock face. That's when I heard the scream. It took a minute to sort out whether the sound was coming from my lungs or somewhere ahead. Definitely ahead. I skidded over slick, jagged rocks. They jammed into my exposed skin and snagged my paper-thin t-shirt. Damn, not the shirt. I'd spent a wad of cash I didn't have on the shirt. When I spotted it on the rack with its pale pink ivy vine design and the words live love on the front, it spoke to me, as Gam likes to say. Plus, it's the perfect blend of Northwest chic, equal parts hippie and hipster. At that moment, I looked up to see a man's body plummet over the ledge. I should have been concerned that I was losing ground and about to fly off after him. Instead, all I could think about was that I never should have taken that umbrella. Yep, an umbrella. It all started four months ago with a lousy umbrella. The winter had been particularly wet. So wet, in fact, that I almost considered my mother's nagging advice. Mary Margaret Reed, you need to invest in an umbrella. Mother would never be caught without her Burberry checkered print umbrella. I, on the other hand, have held a firm belief since childhood that no one should ever use an umbrella. We live in Portland, Oregon, where it rains 256 days a year. Umbrellas are for tourists and people who live in the Pearl, the pretentious upscale neighborhood where I'd been crashing on my best friend Jill's couch. Don't get me wrong, my bestie, Jill Pettigrove, isn't the least bit pretentious. Her neighborhood is. There's a lengthy waiting list for a coveted spot in Jill's building, with its swanky lofts, rooftop garden, and nightly cocktails. Of course, most of these amenities are completely lost on Jill. Bumming on her couch wasn't exactly how I planned to launch into the working world after graduating from college last summer. But I didn't have any other options. Okay, fine. That's not entirely true. My dad, Pops, as I called him, begged me to move back to the family farmhouse to keep him company. But the thought of my Pepto-Bismol pink bedroom and Pops' collection of old newspapers stacked in every corner of the dilapidated farmhouse made me pass on his offer, a decision I regret daily. He died in a freak accident almost a year ago. I haven't been back since. Gam, my grandmother and mystic healer, offered me her spare room. For the record, she most certainly is not the umbrella type. If I moved in with her, I couldn't imagine where she'd store her tools, as she calls them. She'd have to box up her Native American drums, crystals, gems, candles for smudging, and essential oils. Jill came to my rescue. She always does. We hit it off instantly in second grade. We're both onlys. Or, in clinical terms, lonely, sad, and bratty. I say we're well-adjusted and all-around awesome. Alas, I graduated with a degree in journalism, which I quickly realized was not the wisest career choice in today's changing media environment.
Since before I could ride a bike, I've dreamed about writing for the O, Oregon's Pulitzer Prize-winning paper. Journalism school prepped us for the harsh reality of today's job market as news reporters. I think my advisor's exact words were, newspapers are dinosaurs. But not for me. I knew I'd be immune. The investigative work I'd done for our student newspaper had led to an editorship my senior year. An editorship. Getting a job at the O should have been a cakewalk, especially because Pops had been their lead investigative reporter for 20 years. That's another story.